0: Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today, on plan or outright, from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony with world-first smartphone technology like super slow-motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced, it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's, visit sonymobile.com forward slash au. Merrickville, 104.9, Triple M. Welcome to Ah! Merrickville.
1: Welcome to Monday, Sydney. Great to have your company on this drizzly day. Good to see rain again. Now you can go away and get sunny again. Welcome back to the studio's Susie Youssef. Hello.
2: Good to have you back. Hey, bloody nice to be here.
1: Even though it's a dreary kind of drizzly day, and the the city can't decide whether or not it's summer, autumn, winter or spring.
2: Except in Merrickville, it's all sunshine.
1: It is. It's always sunshine. And then a car theft. And then a strange paddock fire. (laughs) And then the police come and there's a shootout.
2: And there's always someone nude running around. And a guy's just done a... Poo on the steps of councils.
1: like, why do you keep doing that, mate? Welcome to Merrickville. Thanks to Xperia XZ premium smartphone from Sony. It is a massive pleasure to have a good friend of mine and an amazing stand-up comedian, Susie Youssef, in the studios with me today. Uh, Susie, I want to um, start the show today with a conversation about old people and when they need to know when to stop trying to be part of society.
2: I need to just tell you off the bat that old people make me
1: cry a lot. <laughs> tears of joy or tears of sad
2: oh it's kind of a mixture like part of it is oh you, you made it like you've made it this far you, you know what have you seen in your lifetime and the other one is how long do you have left like yeah. it just you know I just yep. cry
1: a lot here's the thing right if you if you ever want to know the, the I think the line where we just go oh, okay it's time to euthanize them is <laughs> when you see when you see a pensioner using an iPad as a camera yep you seen that? Yeah, my when my they parents hold, do it. Yeah, they hold it at them like they're holding as far
2: a sp- away as possible. Just,
1: just you can just hold it like a normal person. Yeah. They hold it in their arms like it's radioactive, and their arms are made out of tongs. Yep. And they hold it out there, and they go, "I can see your face." <laughs> you go, of course, you can see your face. It's because a giant screen. The screen's bigger than the actual head that you're taking a photograph
3: totally. of. If we euthanized everybody who used their iPad as a camera, though, Mez, the Sydney Opera House would be deserted.
1: That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing.
2: Parking no. would be easier.
1: It would be. Okay. You know, we could get down there and I'll use just it. Let's get more. Gladys Barajuklian on the phone and propose this. Old people also do that thing where they get a phone, and I, I'm certainly not suggesting euthanizing my mum, I love it, but she <laughs> does that thing where when they, they get a phone and they're sending a text and they use it like it's an ATM. Oh, That's yes. Beep, boop, beep. Beep, boop, 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 beep. And it's the amazement,
2: it's the amazement that look at how this thing works. Like every time, it's like you've owned that phone. I mean, for 12 years, it's a Nokia and you're still amazed. I love it.
1: Okay. So there's a story that's come out of the States. Three granddads, uh, I presume all of them in their seventies have uh, been part of a social experiment in America where they tried marijuana Uh, (laughs) for the first time. Now these three dudes... Have all sat down and all agreed to be filmed for the cut. And they have not tried marijuana before. This is their very first. Now, I'm going to let's do some profiling. Yeah, here. yeah. The guy in the middle, the black dude, he's got a beanie on and he's got beaver tail style dreadlocks. Some crazy dreadlocks. He, if you were going to profile that guy, I'd profile him as a guy who likes to party with Gunja.
2: I was going to say the CEO of a major national bank. <laughs> Okay. Differing opinions. Yep. Differing opinions there. Is the, is I, I've got a little, I've got a little bit of bone to pick. This was a social experiment, was it? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Okay. Well, I've, I know a few people who have been socially experimenting for a long time now. Yeah. yeah. And they don't have jobs? They don't have They've jobs. Yeah. Yeah. They've just socially experimented the shit out of their lives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so They've socially experimented away all of their options. Is yeah. what they do. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've we'll got some audio of these three granddads who have tried weed for the very first time.
0: Whoa. Use a smoker, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's some smoke in here still, if you want to puff on it. I don't even like this stuff, man, is what I'm saying. I think I'd rather do this and drink. Cough the rest of your life. Well, at least I know I to drive. I definitely feel a little bit different after <laughs> inhaling that. I'm just really
4: <laughs> relaxed. I don't want to lift my head. My I don't even want to lift my eyebrows.
1: I want to lick my eyebrows. <laughs> oh, we've all thought that every now and again. That, that guy there, Kenny, he got munted. Yeah, he was the one who just went. I'll go straight for the bong, thanks. Said, <laughs> and I said, I'll just try it the joint. And he goes, Nah, straight to the bong.
2: So they smoked. They all smoked bongs.
1: No, one guy, that guy who said he wanted to lick his eyebrows, surprise, surprise, he was the bong taker. Okay, that's, yeah. that, that seems fair enough. The other guy just went for a casual drag. He went, no, I'm going to punch a billy.
2: What What was the conclusion of the experiment?
1: Three old dudes get munted for the first time. <laughs> and case closed. Yeah, I think what it does say is that sometimes old people should not try new things. Yeah. Okay, and there has to be a limit. I want to open up the phone. It's 1-3-3-3-5-3. On when you've had to say to mum or dad or to nan or pop, I'm sorry, but no. Yeah, you're too old. And it might be something simple like Crocs. You know, you just see yeah. grandpa, yeah. He, he rocks out with a pair of Crocs and just go, no, you no. won't be having that. It might be a giant iPad camera. Uh, it could be anything of any kind. It might be, you know, going off to get a tattoo and you go, oh, what are you going to get? And they go, oh, I'm going to go and get a Simpsons character. And you go, mm-hmm. no, you're not pop. No, you got to
2: stretch the skin too much for that, don't you, at
1: some point. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's Mr. Burns, you can't have a character no, from no. Simpsons on your own. Or
2: bling. I can't stand it when you see like too much jewelry, like really heavy jewelry on older
1: people. Yeah, because they're a bit creepy. Particularly, it's super got, creepy, particularly if they're well tanned. Yeah, Is there some some weird thing where if they've got gold jewelry around their neck and they're well tanned, you just go,
2: "Oh, you're going to touch me." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> One, triple, three, five, three. What have you had to tell an old person? No, sorry, too old. We're talking about when old people need to be told to not try anything new. Three old dudes in America in their 70s tried pot for the first time. You can watch it online. And uh, I think if we've got it up on our website, we should. What?
3: <laughs> we'll get it up on our socials.
1: Three FM, who, who just decided too late to try and calm that prostate down with but marijuana. But for a social experiment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not just because. No. So clearly somebody's just going, how funny would it be? Totally. Totally. then one of them goes, I want to lick my eyebrows. And the young person behind the camera just goes, mission complete.
2: But what they don't tell you is the eyebrow-licking guy wasn't even smoking weed. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a
5: creep in the corner. Yeah,
1: And he didn't mean eyebrows. It's an unfortunate (laughs) event. Uh, Hello, Maddie in Hornsby. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Very good, mate. What have you had to tell an old person to stop trying?
5: Uh, My parents... Decided one day that they would try and be, you know, vegan, but they were so out of whack that they pronounced it vegan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is actually a, an alien life form.
5: Yeah, I'd prefer eyebrow licking parents any day, really. I should try that. Have they stuck to it? Are they still vegans? <laughs> no, they remembered that they like the taste of chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
1: not a big vegan quality. Um, I do like the idea of starting to refer to them as vegans, which I will do from yeah. now on just to make them angry because I enjoy making vegans angry. But <laughs> <laughs> You know that, don't It you makes know?
3: sense too, though, because they don't have that much energy,
1: so they are a bit vague about everything. Well, that's right. It's I mean, they'd be right now they'd be in droves ringing up to get angry, but their little hands can't. But,
2: but hands also they all quiet. would have just remembered how much they like the taste of chicken. Unfortunately, they've just been reminded.
1: Oh, they go back to the bird. Oh, no. Let's get to Sean in Spring Farm. Hello, Sean.
5: Hey, yeah, going mate. Love the show.
1: Oh, thank you very much, mate. Great to have you on. Have you uh, had to tell an old person no?
5: Yeah, my dad, he's sixty-five. Just, just imagine Alan from The Hangover, but a sixty-five-year-old version. Oh, I like virgin. It. Yeah. And um, he's developed this habit for liking this man bag, which he only puts his reading glasses <laughs> or his sunglasses in, and I absolutely hate it. Me and my brother are like, when we bury you, when we bury you, it is going with you in the grave. <laughs>
2: Can you describe the man bag for us?
5: It's like, I don't know, it's probably like the width of a mobile phone and probably two mobile phones high. So it's really pathetically small.
1: Mm, mm, And And has it got got a little off the shoulder strap? Mm. Or has it got got the little wristband? You know, like the little wrist. No, no, off
5: the shoulder strap.
2: I reckon if you look in that bag, you'll find the wristband option. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't look, mate.
1: Maybe that's what that bag's designed for. It's actually just designed for carrying other accessories to that bag. Do you know what I mean? Like, just yeah, inside yeah. just a whole lot of different types of bands and loops. Different bands and loops.
5: <laughs> man bag.
1: Hello, Pete and Campbelltown.
5: How you going, man?
1: Very good, mate. All right, what have you had to ban an old person from doing?
5: Oh look, it's not. I can't say it's my folks, but I think it's my auntie and uncle, right? When when they um, go to a new pokey, and it's too complicated for them, and you've got to try and explain when to double down, not to double down, and I'm just going, look, just give it a rest, just go back to the Queen's Nile, just over there, it's your favourite. The other one's alone.
1: <laughs> At the start of that conversation, when you said a new pokey, I didn't straight away think of the gaming machine. I was going, oh, they struggle a bit, don't oh, they? And no. then I went, oh, I know, he's talking about an actual pokey. Yeah, mm. and you got to lead them back. to. It's a sad, day when you have to lead them back to the Queen of the Nile to get the pyramid feature.
5: That's it. That's it. Just stick with the old one and don't worry about all the new ones. There's just too many buttons, too many lights. just confuses them.
1: <laughs> well, P, that's all right. The good news is they're putting their pension and their... Children's Inheritance, straight into those machines. Let's get to Michael and St. Clair. Hey, guys, how you doing? Very good, mate. All right, what have you had to tell an old person to stop doing? I had to
4: tell my grandfather to stop doing a Tony Abbott at the beach and wearing budgie smugglers without board shorts. Not a pretty sight.
1: Yeah. Oh, we're just talking about man bags, and that's a different time. <laughs> different time. Joined this afternoon by comedian Susie Youssef. Have you got gigs on at the moment, Susie? What do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up in I Sydney? I do,
2: I do. I'm doing uh, the comedy store at Fox Studios on Saturday night. Uh, the oh, last great. time I'm going to do my show called Behave Youssef.
1: Yeah, it's very clever the way you've made that mm, plan. Words yeah. I've said that time and time again on the show, but it's still, I've ne- there's nothing you can do with Merrick Watts. You're no, like, nothing. Oh. <laughs> I can't think of a thing. Merrick, what's the story? Nah, it's not working. It's not going to happen. Oh, kind of works, on. mate. Okay, Merrick. (laughs) Merrick, What's the story? It sounds like someone's going to ask for a refund. It's like, Merrick, what's the story? I'd like a refund, please. (laughs) Which is still a possibility. Saturday night at the Comedy Store, Susie Youssef. Bad news for people who would like to be participants in Sydney of the television show, The Block, Susie. Uh, It's not likely going to happen. It's going to stay in Melbourne possibly forever. Oh, why is that? Uh, because Sydney um, suburbs and the councils are not willing to allow the block to start um, filming or be, uh, you know, participate in yeah. their areas. So remember, they did the first one was in Bondi. Yeah, yeah. And then they they had Bondi. I think they did one in Manly as well. Mm. And then the, since they've all been in Melbourne. And now people are going, well, why don't we do one in Sydney? And Sydney council has gone, no, I don't know. You've got some paperwork to do. Oh, I don't know. We don't even know which council we are. So, I mean, I don't know which council you're going to apply to. They're
2: like it's going to affect property prices. People might be able to afford them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Imagine that.
1: You've got, you know, you've got an affordable sense of living. No, not wanted no, here. No, thank you. Not wanted here. And it was, you know, last week we were talking on the show about um, how, the, you know, the amalgamation of city councils in mm. Sydney. And I, I had a suggestion that you don't necessarily need to pair up uh, councils that share borders. You should get. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. So kind of sister and brother councils. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they can be one council because then you can get the best or the worst of both worlds. Like I suggested maybe, you know, and this is a natural fit, I think, Mossman, Bankstown.
2: I think they would be, have a lot in common.
1: Mm. Mm. <laughs> so he doesn't seem affordable, convinced Ms. Affordable drive-bys <laughs> for people in Mossman.
2: They'd be, the cars would get nicer, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, they'd get stolen, those nicer cars, but they would be nicer. You grew up in Epping. I did. What council's that?
2: Uh, That's Parramatta Council.
1: Okay. So who do you think Epping would be a good fit for in (laughs) Sydney? If you had to marry it up to another council.
2: Um... Oh, gosh. I mean, I'd I'd love to marry it with, like, Leichhardt or something, so maybe the the good food would spread.
1: Mm, mm. Leichhardt won't have you. You're not in the inner west. Okay. Mm, Move on. (laughs) All right. um, too snobby. Too expensive now. Mm. What's
3: what's missing in the Epping area that you could do with aside from good food?
2: uh, Culture? Yeah, probably culture. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe people under the age of 70. I mean, you've got leafy trees. Oh, so many trees and bush turkeys, mate. We've got them all. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, other than that? Other than that, not a great deal. Yeah. There's a tennis court.
1: Right. Okay. <laughs> well, that's
2: good. I mean... Um, and if, if you call ahead, you could probably get a, a,
1: an afternoon there in three months' time. So, so other <laughs> than, than that, so other than tennis and trees with the leaves and bush turkeys, Epping's got what? A Thai What's restaurant. A Thai
2: restaurant? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, <laughs>
1: yeah. I take back that cultural. Thank you very that I, much. That I had earlier. Train well, station. I've, I've actually come up with a solution, <laughs> for, and the train station. Yeah. Sorry. And not far from paying to go to into sea. the Lane Cove Tunnel too. That's that's yeah. handy. If you ever want to pay as, toll, as soon as
2: you get onto the M two, you pay immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bang!
1: Straight into it. I've come up with a what I believe is a solution for city councils who are looking to amalgamate. Like I said, why does it have to be geographical? Why do they have to share borders? Why can't you marry up suburbs and bring <laughs> people closer together by forcing them apart? Well, There's been great consternation about the merger of New South Wales councils. Recently my very own council, Leichhardt Council, merged with Ashfield and Marrickville councils to create a super council known as the Inner West. We're almost as good as the eastern suburbs but don't have the beaches so we'll make up for it with our sense of social justice even though none of us actively do anything about social justice beyond signing online petitions and purchasing shitty handmade crafts at the Roselle markets on a Saturday, super council. Importantly. Midnight is still Tuesday. What Sydney needs is less geographical division, resulting in less social division. I propose a merger of councils that do not share borders under a new initiative, Councils Sans Frontières. Let's merge Mossman Council with Bankstown. Too long have wealthy women struggling through menopause been denied access to decent drive-by shootings. Council Suns Frontiers. Vaucluse Council to merge with Blacktown. Imagine the money saved on council clean-up fees. Vaucluse turf all their unwanted electrical goods onto their nature strips one day in a Blacktown commish the next. Blacktown could experience Christmas four times a year. Cronulla Council to merge with Lakemba. (laughs) Just kidding. That's never going to happen. Hornsby to merge with Heathcote to create the leafy but utterly boring Super Council and market themselves as the place to live when you're given up on being interesting to other people. And finally, Narrabeen could merge with Palm Beach, Manly. Dy Freshwater, excuse me, Harboard, Mona Vale, Newport and everything in between. Because let's be honest, unless you're from the northern beaches, everyone reckons you're all the bloody same anyway. White people who dream of living in Byron Bay. Uh shut up, you bogans. I can hear you whinging from across the bridge. Council's Suns Frontiers.
0: Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit... Where you give me some money Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary Here's a word from our sponsor
5: The
2: next billion seconds are the most important in human history As technology transforms the
0: way we live and work The smartphone, barely a decade old Has given billions access to information and capacities they've never had before It's changing what we can do And it's changing the shape of the future So what does
2: that future look like? Hi, I'm Mark Pesci, the host of The Next Billion Seconds, a new show on Podcast One. Join me as I speak to some of the brightest minds shaping that world, the people who are spending their lives forming that future. We'll hear about their work in helping shape those next billion seconds. Listen at podcastone.com.au or on the Podcast One app
1: joined this afternoon by comedian Susie Youssef. You can go and see uh, this Saturday night at uh, the Comedy Store at uh, Moore Park. Uh, if you feel like it, if you don't, just send just her a letter. don't worry
2: about it. Yeah. Yeah, send, just, me, send me a letter. Give it, suggestions of other careers. Yeah. It's my last time. That's it. I'm done after well, this. Well,
1: just send her a note to say sorry, can't make it. Yes. That would be the polite thing That would thing be her.
2: the polite thing to do. We'll Get I'll your give mum out, to send the note if you can't.
1: I'll give out Susie's mobile number so you can send her a text. That would be amazing. We'll put her home address up on the Facebook That's a page. a great idea. Yeah. And a picture of the house because we don't want people getting confused. <laughs> we'll do. <laughs> uh, sorry, the- my phone's just
2: ringing. Mum's just <laughs> asked me to stop doing this show. <laughs>
1: Susie, stop talking. Come home and eat. Are you eating, Susie? You're not eating. my phone. (laughs) Um, So all the reality television shows are back with a vengeance. We've got The Bachelor, which has already kicked off. Uh, The Block returned on Sunday. Australian Survivor, which is very, very popular. They're all back. Sadly, we won't see a return of Australia's Got Talent, because it was actually <laughs> just titled Australia's Got Talent, but only for two years, and then we run out. <laughs> yeah, we've got no more talent. Yeah, so it should be Australia used talent. Now it's yeah gone. Did I you...
2: did find myself looking at the, uh, you know, you get into a black hole of Instagram, and I did find myself looking at The Bachelor's Instagram. He's got a nice Instagram, doesn't he? Have you I... seen it? No, I haven't.
1: Oh, surprise, surprise. Pretty nice. What's his name? Everyone's Mat- Matty? Yeah, and everyone's... Complaining about him. Why are they complaining about him? What's the story? Oh, I'm not
2: complaining about him. I I haven't heard a word he said though, to be honest. He's very good looking.
1: You just focus on the face and not the... Do you you even have the volume on? No. It's it's just silent when you're watching that show. (laughs)
2: It's it's not silent. There's a lot of (laughs) sighs. Sighs of appreciation of his body, that's all. Yeah. This is that, That's this, a, all right. Let's just. What
1: sounds else? Like a, It sounds like a way. <laughs> it says a little bit like the way men watch something else when.
3: Okay, let's Okay, so on. now we know the that in Susie's, well? Susie's phone are uh, messages from her mum and pictures of Maddie J. the Bachelor. Very cute. It's because it is reality season. We're back into the full swing of it. I thought I'd come up with a little quiz for you guys. Great! You know I love a quiz. You do love a quiz. He gets overly competitive, Susie. So
1: your eyes just got really wide. (laughs) (laughs) Did I I put on my scary face? Yes. I can't help it. I've got wicked white line fever. He's like,
2: "Oh, Susie, you can play, but don't win.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me look bad." I'm going to present you with a a reality TV premise, and you've got to tell me whether it's an actual. Show that oh, exists somewhere unreal. around the world. Unreal. Okay, okay. Let's do this. First one's uh, we'll kick off a bachelor-style show where a woman is forced to choose her husband based not on looks but only by what's inside. Potential suitors wear masks throughout the entire show.
2: This does sound like the way I dated in two thousand and five. <laughs> <laughs> a bit masky. Yeah, a bit masky. A bit more into inner beauty.
1: Reality or not reality? Uh, yeah, I'll say it's a reality show. No. And. Can I- uh, oh. And I'm going to guess it's from Europe. Uh, I'll or, give you the point or. anyway,
3: Mez. That, that's your first one. You get the yeah. point there. It's called. It was called Mister Personality. It was on for one season, and yep. it was hosted by Monica Lewinsky. Oh wow! Mm. I, bet, I bet that show was smoking. <laughs> well, <laughs> because you know, with the, when she put no, a I cigar. And yeah, it. no, okay. I didn't. All right, Susie, this one's yours. Yep. Women who are deemed ugly are provided a coach. Why a ther- is this
2: my one? <laughs> Sorry. It was just the next okay, one. Okay, mate. What an us? Why do I come here? I don't know.
3: It was just what? the next one, I promise. All right. Women who are deemed ugly are provided a coach, therapist, trainer, cosmetic surgeon, and a dentist in hopes of turning them into a hotter version of themselves.
2: Yeah, this is real. I think I've watched this show. It's real? It's it's
3: The Bachelorette. You're correct.
2: Isn't that called The Swan? Wasn't that The Swan? (laughs) Oh, two points.
3: Absolutely. Well You're good. Those are reality TV. Where's that from? That was American as
2: well. Yeah, I didn't apply for it. (laughs) Whatever.
3: (laughs) All right. Susie gets double points there. Here we go, Mez. This one's yours. Yeah, go. An adopted girl spends each episode trying to figure out which one of eight men is her real father. I love it. If she guesses correctly, she wins $100,000. Oh, if and she a chooses the wrong man, the yeah. man that she chose wins the money. Real wow.
1: or not real? I, I don't know. If you've made that up, Liam, I swear to God, you've just come up with the best television show of all. You know what I'd call yeah, it? Yeah, or the greatest movie script. Yeah, it's incredible. I'd call it sad orphan face. <laughs> It's a, That's a catchy reality it's program, It's a really it? catchy yeah. one. Or, or, you got, or wait a minute this one. You got no dad. Um, <laughs> oh. All right. You think it's real? Yeah, I reckon it's real. I love it. You were close with the title. Let it was
3: called guess. Who's Your Daddy? Yeah, Who's Your and Daddy? And it it's was cancelled after one episode. What? Because
4: oh, well. some issues about
3: abusive children, I think. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Uh, Susie. Yes. Here you go. If you say ugly okay, even <laughs> once. I've had to make sure I'm not going to give you one of those. <clears throat> Men donate sperm and oh, watch as their respective swimmers race to an egg. The fastest sperm wins its donor a Porsche. Real show or made up?
2: I'm going to say made up. <laughs>
1: that oh, was a real. real show. <laughs> hosted, hosted by Ian Thorpe. And... <laughs> It was <laughs> also a competitor and it was weird. He was the host and the competitor. Oh, he smashed it. That was a real show. What from...
2: was it called? Was it called The Swimmer?
1: No, that would have been a better name, I
3: think, actually. It was just called Sperm Race. Sperm Race? <laughs> and it was Mayers have a guess which country it was from. Oh, it's gonna be from Germany. Correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sperm Rassen! We, we go for Spumrassen! Come on, Hadika, we've got to watch this family television programming, Spurrassen. I don't, I don't, that's not, that's not. It sounded a real... real. It did. <laughs> it sounded kind of scary, too. I made it sound worse than it was. Susie Youssef, great to have you back in the studio. Thanks, Thanks so for much dropping for me. by. You can see Susie this Saturday night at the comedy store at Moore Park. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks to the Xperia XZ premium smartphone from Sony. Get yours now. Uh, great to have your company, Sydney. Join this afternoon in the studio with my producer, Liam. Hi, Miss. Uh, great to have you here, Liam, because if you weren't. <laughs> We wouldn't be on it. You'd be sitting in a room
3: I, raving to yourself. I
1: literally, as you know, I do not know which button to press to make the microphones go on.
3: Yeah. All right, anyway. And you've also eaten a lot of fantails this afternoon. And, and you're minties. All, you're on a bit of a sugar high. And so a there's, few minties. Yeah, there's every chance of a crash in the next 15, 20 minutes or so. I so stick around sick. for that.
1: I feel a bit sick. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I had a bit of a rough start to the day. Um, went to go for a run this morning and... Uh, Georgie, my wife had already taken the kids uh, off to school. Yes, that's how late I come into work. And uh, I've gone to go out the door, and as I've gone out, got my headphones in, going to listen to some tunes, just going to rock out my own little tiny mind. You
3: you get into a bit of a zone when you exercise. Oh, yeah. I've seen you.
1: Bit of Lana Del Rey. You need to get
3: some bigger shorts, but yeah. What? You wear very short shorts when you go running.
1: When have you seen that? You
3: come into work still in your exercise gear. No, I don't. You do.
1: No, I don't. You
3: did last week. I did once, yeah. two weeks
1: ago, after going for a run around the city. Yeah,
3: and I saw the size shorts you wear.
1: They were a pair of standard size running shorts, mate. That They're running shorts. That you'd stolen from your eight-year-old no. son, Wolf. No, hang on. Hang on a second. Time <laughs> out. No, hang on. No. No. No, Liam. We're not talking about no, your shorts. That we, was. We, I want clarification on this. I'm not going anywhere. Was there a conversation, Maddie White, my other producer, was there a conversation in the office about now, my shorts being too short?
3: I don't know if there was a conversation so much as just some raised
1: eyebrows. Is this Is this because one of my balls fell out <laughs> of the netting? The netting's old. I'm not going to lie. They're not the newer shorts. The gusset thing's not, it's not doing the that job it used to. That sounds so wrong. The banana hammock is not what it used to be. Okay, all right.
3: This
1: got, is, I, I just think there's better, a no, there's better ways to tell me this than on air. You put a couple of air. cherries
3: in the banana hammock. And you
1: don't, there's more graceful ways of telling a man that his shorts are too old <laughs> than bringing it up on air. But what happened this
3: morning when you went for the run? I
1: don't know if I even want to talk <laughs> about it anymore. All right, so I leave the house. And I've got my tunes on. I'm ready to go. It's a good day. Get a run in before it rains. I go out the door. As the door is shutting, I've gone, oh, the key! I forgot the key! <laughs> and as I've gone to put my hand on the door, yeah. my hand has touched the door, and the door's gone, clip! Uh. And there's no one inside. But because I'm Merrick Watts, I still knocked. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. It was impulse. Just hopeful that one of the cats might have learned how to open doors. I was panicked and upset because I knew that the reason why it was a problem for me not having a key is because there was no one inside the house, so I knocked. (laughs) Cats are the most useless pets of all time, and I've got two of them, and they did nothing to help. I went, all right, don't panic. Go for a run. You'll be all right. We'll sort this out. Maybe Georgie will be back from doing whatever she does. I don't know. I've got no idea. I've never spoken to her about Raising your two children. Yeah, but there's some... uh, Sorry, I'm really hitting you with home truth today. (laughs) I'm sure there's a period in her day in between raising the children where I don't know what she does. I I don't know. I've got no idea. I should find out. Mm. I will. Tonight, I'll ask her. Anyway, so I've gone for a run, smashed out under five-minute clicks, whatever. No big deal. Pretty good for a bloke in his early 40s. (laughs) We'll we'll uh, put
3: Merrick splits up on the social. Check them out.
1: Absolutely. Let's get those up now. Anyway, I uh, have gone for a run. I've come back and uh, I've gone, well, I better go and get the spare key. Because here's the thing. I'm not a total idiot. Oh, so you, you had a spare key? I have a spare key. Oh. Because you can't get in. Oh, into, you sorted that. You can't break into my house, right? I, I yeah, have I've a, seen your house. Yeah. yeah, you can't break in because I've set up multiple death traps from all around. <laughs> it's a Home, home it Alone is, style you set come, You come in, there's a freaking bear <laughs> trap there. You just go, oh, look, I think I might just go through Merrick's window. Bang! <laughs> Off goes your arm, mate. You weren't expecting that rabbit trap, were you, fool? There's a few there. I've sharpened up some um, bamboo stakes as well. I watched a film about the Vietnam War. And I've replicated that in my own house.
3: I think I know what Georgie does with those parts of her day. She considers her life choices. She just goes and cries at a library. <laughs>
1: I'm sure of that. So, sure okay. so, so where was your spare key? Well, here's the thing. You know, you can't have your spare key in your house or around your house. So, you know, you right, put right it, it. That's where everyone puts their spare no, key. Well, they're idiots. They're idiots. If you put your spare key underneath a pot plant near your front door, old Gary McBurglar face, he's going to find that, break into your house, take all your stuff. No, not going to happen. It's yours. Mate, my television's not even five years old. There's no way. No, and someone's coming in to take that new television that's not that new. No way. So, what I do is I hide my key. Now, here's the brilliance, and everyone's going to go, Oh, I knew he'd be brilliant because the man has a mind like a steel trap that's made out of wood. (laughs) Okay. I hide my key, not in my house. What? No, in one of my neighbors' houses. Actually,
3: that's not a bad idea. And not
1: my next door neighbour. Not even on my street. Is that why you went for the run, to yeah. get your spare key? Sev- no, seriously. eight k's away? Several streets away, in what? fact. What? Yeah. And I hide it in their place. Do They They, know don't, even, the... <laughs> they don't even
3: know me. Well, hold on. You have placed your spare key yep. in
1: an... Somebody in my neighbourhood. Yep. Not even on my street. Why would I hide a key on my street? That's Where dumb. Where do you hide it? Three streets away. Yeah, but whereabouts in their house? I can't tell you that because you are go and burg my house. I know what you're like. <laughs> you want my Sony TV and you can't have it. It's a ripper. <laughs> one of the new Xperia ones? Nah, but it, one day. <laughs> it's still good. Shut up. So I've got a key that I hide right, underneath a ledge.
5: Underneath a the ledge? Yeah, I don't want
1: to go into details at somebody else's house.
3: Hold on. Have these people ever caught you walking into their yard,
1: presumably? I've been nervous about being sighted. Yes that's Just true. Just fiddling under a ledge in their front yard. To this day they haven't sighted me, but today I could hear voices in their house and that I did, wasn't expecting that. I didn't know that they were home. I thought they were people that worked or something like that. I'm not sure what they do. I've got no idea. I don't know. So They're did not you friends, have to so go and put they are. Did you Once you let yourself in and
3: got your actual set of keys? Did you have to go and put the spare key back?
1: Yeah. Cuz what if I lock myself out again you fool? Of course I had to go back there. But I had to be more I had to be more secretive this time. I had to get in there with like I was pretty covert, went in there, dropped off my spare key in the house of a person who doesn't know me inside their own property. <laughs> this yeah, is that's amazing. right. Yeah, that's another person's property. And then I go in there and I drop off my key. Because here's the thing, right? Old Gary McBurglarface, face, yeah. he comes along to burg their <laughs> house, right? He finds the key there because I haven't really hidden it very well at all. So uh, he gets the key, he goes, bang, we're indoors. Puts the key in. Ah, <laughs> sorry, Gary, <laughs> wrong house, mate. So you can go around the neighborhood all night. All day and all night, and you'll never find which house the key belongs to. I challenge because I am that far. I'm the I'm inception, mate. That's I... where I am. I'm on the level <laughs> downstairs where all the buildings are made out of sand. Yeah, you're on. You're
3: on a level. I challenge the listeners of Merrickville to have a more complicated hiding spot for their spare key because yeah, that is bordering on insanity.
1: Whoa, bordering. bordering. I said bordering. Word, you meant the word genius mm. is the word you used. Another word. They say it's a fine line. It is a fine line, <laughs> and I'm clearly on the right side because who got back into their house with their tiny little shorts on? <laughs> I did. One triple three five three. Tell me where you hide your key. You don't have to like give it up, you know. No, you got to tell me where you hide your keys. I have got to know where you hide your keys. Well, otherwise, there's no point doing it. Yeah, but we don't you know, need your street address. Not much song left. There's only a little bit of song left before I got stop talking. One triple three five three. Give us a call. Where do you hide your keys? Here
0: comes the money. Sorry, I know. think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor.
1: Hi, I'm Mark
3: Boris. Every single day in Australia, people are busting their guts in starting and running their own businesses. It's a big deal. 60% of Australians are hired by small to medium-sized business owners. These guys are doing their bit, buying stock, hiring people, and paying their taxes. So what is it like to start your own business? How do you go from just running a business on the side after work to owning something much bigger? How do you make it your future? Join me on The Mentor, a weekly show on Podcast One where I speak to Aussie business owners who are working through just that. I find out what makes them tick. I help them work out their next steps for their growth and for their future. The Mentor with Mark Burris. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.
1: Joined this afternoon by my producer Liam. He's in the studio and just a moment ago, he thought that I was being a little bit insane because I told him and everybody that I hide my spare key to my house three streets away in somebody else's house. No,
3: I'll admit that confusing burglars. I'll admit that it, it borders on the edge of insanity. And genius. No. It's right in the middle there, and I haven't decided where it falls.
1: You know what my wife
3: says? She goes, I love you because she said
1: you what? don't think like other people. That <laughs> She says it all the time. <laughs>
3: that could be one of the greatest backhanders well, I've ever...
1: <laughs> I'm just starting to think now. Maybe it's not the compliment that I thought it was. Yeah. Is it because I'm not switched on properly?
3: I'll, but, let anyway. you, I'll let you sort that one out with Georgie when you get home. Mate, there's some, there's some problem with the world. But we, we challenge do? the listeners of Merrickville. Where do you hide your keys? <laughs> yeah. And you laughed, and you said, now, "No one's going to call." Well, because it's a bit like asking somebody one triple three five three. What's your pin code?
4: We've
1: done that before, yeah. and it went nuts. It went nuts. So, I mean, I don't know. We've got John in Wollongong. Hello, John. Hello, uh, good day, boys. How's it going? Very good, good indeed, mate. All right, where do you hide your spare keys? I used to have my spare keys
4: stitched into the collar of my angry, mean, shit old dog that wouldn't let anyone that wasn't family through the gate.
3: Now mate. that. Is genius.
4: That is brilliant. That because is even genius. if you've got your hand over the fence, you're yep. not going to have fingers to hold the damn key.
1: Mate, that is bloody that smart, is John. Fit income. Here I was thinking that just breaking and entering into another person's house and leaving the key there without their permission, <laughs> consent, or knowledge was smart, and you've actually come up with a better idea. What type of dog was it, John?
4: Uh, he was a Staffy Cross Ridgeback. See, great, great with family, great with kids. If I was home wouldn't hurt a fly, but the minute I left the house, you couldn't get in for love nor money.
1: My John, see, that that holds up too because even, even you telling us, that doesn't mean anything. Still, no one's going to get to that key. You know what you're going to do now, Mary. I'm going to go around to my neighbour's house who's got a staffy <laughs> Ridgeback cross, and I'm going to try <laughs> to put my spare key under its collar, and it's going to tear off my face. I'm going to have yeah. it surgically sewn back on, but I'll never look right. Yeah, correct. That's having exactly how it played out in my head, He Having said too. that, no one's going to break into my house. Nope. Tara in Hunters Hill. Welcome to the show.
3: Hi. Um, okay, it's not really a house key. It's a car key, but I just did it on Saturday. Yep. Uh, I was a little bit, you know, out of it, and went up to the local shopping center, and um, just as I'm closing
4: the door, when oh, the car keys are in the ignition.
1: So, you, so I had to ring up my mum. So hang on, Tara. Do you hide your car keys in yes. the ignition?
3: Uh, no, not normally, but I hold my spare set. So where, where do you hide your spare set? Um, in, a, in a drawer of a bedroom in the house that I don't sleep in or use as such. Um, but you have to pull all the drawers out to get to the bottom, like on the floor,
1: and then the key was there. Okay. Tara, normally it's my, my job to confuse the listeners, but today you've done an excellent job. Tara, what sort of car do you drive?
3: Thanks. I <laughs> can't tell you that. <laughs> well,
1: if she told us that, we might be able to identify Tara from Hunters Hill. Uh, <laughs> Tara, thank you very much for calling. got Nathan in Chippendale. Nate. Hey boys, how
4: are you? Yeah, good, good champ.
1: All right, where do you hide your, your spare key? I don't
4: think I don't I don't think that last caller should be driving by any means. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I didn't want I, to suggest yeah. that,
1: Nate, but you you've, you've yeah. I think you might be right there.
4: Yeah. Look, and um, I keep my keys at my uh, my local. It's oh. about
1: 100,
4: it's 120 meters away. I'm good. Uh, I'm good mates with the owners, George and Con. Anyway, they let me keep my keys there, and I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to put my keys there, and I'll never have to call on them. And then I locked myself out three times in one week. After I did that, and the first time, George couldn't find the keys. They're in his office somewhere. And I stayed there for three hours while he turned the place over and got absolutely hammered.
1: Oh, that's great. That's,
4: yeah, and then I had is... to go back and uh, three times in the in the or twice in the next week. And uh, I started to think, mate, this is just me playing games with myself. I just want to go to the pub. Yeah, and yeah. Just be, <laughs> just be honest with yourself. No, anyway, it's... so my, my wife got my wife got the picture of that, and uh, she went and bought one of those sort of lockbox. Uh, um, uh, uh, mm. uh padlocks yeah. that you hang, yeah, 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 boring, nearly as fun, but a lot yeah. more sensible.
1: I did think about one of those, but like you know, they, they make a lot of sense, they're really, they work really, really well, but there's just something about them being logical and sane mm. that I don't like. I like Nate's new idea, that's the one mm. I like. Yeah. Hide your keys at, at the your pub. local pub, mm. then you're just constantly losing your keys. <laughs> I <I'll> just <laughs> gotta get into the house, lost my keys. You just... know what. I'm better getting into the house when I've had a few. (laughs) New South Wales police are gathering evidence at five homes around the city while four men are arrested during raids on Saturday night. They're being held in custody. We saw increased uh, security ramped up at our airport here at Kingsford Smith and major disruptions. Now, major disruptions are not really a problem when faced with the idea of a possible terrorist attack Joining me on the line is David Elliott. He's the New South Wales Minister for Counterterrorism. Mate, thank you very much for taking some time to have a chat to me today.
5: Good afternoon, Merrick. Pleasure to be here.
1: First of all, how as a community should we be feeling when we see arrests like this happening across Sydney? Should we feel safe or scared?
5: Well, I think you should feel reassured. I mean, these these arrests uh, are done swiftly. They're intelligence-based. They're done by uh, federal and state agencies that... uh, are known as uh, some of the best in the world. Uh, and I think that what we're seeing is uh, a zero tolerance towards people that want to harm our society. And, I mean, I'm thrilled that um, we've been able to get uh, uh, the sort of response that we have, but I'm also um, using this as an opportunity to remind the community that, uh, you know, we've got to really work together. It's, uh, mm. I mean, individuals who want to do us harm, individuals who want to have a perverse and radical interpretation of their faith uh, need to be stopped.
1: Yeah, I mean, ideologically, if they're saying they want to blow up a plane or kill people on a plane, I mean, it's so random. They're just as likely to target other Muslims if they are indeed doing it in the name of uh, Islamic extremists. Um, well,
5: that's that's exactly right, Merrick. I mean, people have got to realise that the the, 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 la, the vast majority of victims of terrorism in the world are actually Muslims themselves because 100%. they are being, they are being um, the targets of, of people who have got a very perverse understanding of what their religion is actually about
1: yeah absolutely and unfortunately there's always innocent bystanders whether they be uh, you know atheist christian muslim or or other can i ask you i mean you're talking about obviously your agency the new south wales uh counterterrorism agency uh was collaboratively involved with other agencies both federal and i believe overseas as well can you shed some light um on who was involved in that because apparently the tip-off came from an overseas agency
5: david well, the, the, those sort of issues aren't things that politicians are allowed to speak about. We get in trouble. But what I what I can say, America, is that we have uh, in Australia a relationship within the Five Eyes, which is the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia, and it's a uh, it's a it's a union of um, uh, of like-minded countries, democratic countries, countries that, that adhere to the rule of law, but also countries that are known uh, to have the best uh, intelligence agencies. Uh, around the world, and, and they, they swap information regularly. They swap information um, uh, at levels that uh, it's very difficult for people to understand them. It's not, it's, not the, it's not the quantity of information and data that's collected by our, uh, by our intelligence agencies uh, in the 21st century, it's, it's actually being able to collate it and know what to do with it that's, that's the challenge. But we've seen in these, uh, uh, in these events in the last couple of days, as we have in the past. Uh, that uh, that they're working well, they're working well together. Uh, yes, they rely on each other, but um, that just goes to show how uh, how we how important it is to have these international relationships.
1: I'm speaking to David Elliott, the New South Wales Minister for Counterterrorism. Uh, David, when we see this kind of diffusing of a situation like this, where we see arrests and we see you know um, the active prevention of a terrorist attack, and we know this you know this was a planned terrorist attack. And it makes us feel good that we're seeing that. But is this now, does this, guys, put you guys on a higher alert or does this actually say, oh, okay, the job is done. So it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off because this one has been diffused. And so therefore, you know, you might have a grace period where there's a time before another attack is built up or the planning for an attack is built.
5: Well, unfortunately, it doesn't um, release any pressure at all from, uh, from any agency, state or federal, Um, What what we see today is just um, proof that the investment that the government has made in counterterrorism has been um, a worthy investment. Uh, We are at probable. uh, The the intelligence rating, uh, the intelligence uh, officials tell us at the moment that we are at a probable um, risk of of a terrorist attack. And that that means that people need to be um, situationally aware. They need to be conscious of the fact that there are people out there in the community that want to do us harm. Uh, and and unfortunately, government just can't be ev- anywhere, uh, sorry, everywhere. And, mm. and we've seen, of course, uh, in the past, uh, girlfriends, families, friends, uh, um, people that are involved. Uh, schoolmates are actually the ones that are tipping authorities off uh, about the way that, uh, about the radicalisation that's occurring often very, very swiftly of our young people.
1: You recently announced parole, uh, parole reforms uh, to make sure that prisoners uh, who have been radicalised uh, and have got links to terrorist groups get you know, mandatory consideration for the State Parole Authority. Do you think that uh, the government has gone far enough? Would you like to see um, a, another review, potentially, for uh, sentencing and for parole?
5: Well, I think I think Gladys Berejiklian, in, in the short term time she's been the premier, has has got it about right. I think she's she's read the community mood. Um, there's definitely a belief out there that um, the government has to always be on the front foot, and that's what these parole reforms were. She's introduced obviously the shoot to kill laws, mm-hmm. which um, allows the police um, a little bit more certainty when they're dealing with um, defined terrorist attacks. Yep, um, but. Merrick, all legislation is always under review. That's, yep. that's, that's what happens in, in a democracy. Um, you know, every four years, your listeners get to vote as to whether or not they like the government policies that are being implemented. And then over the four-year period, the government will listen to any advice that comes from the police, or a coronial inquiry, or a judicial um, a position that might have been made. So we're always looking at um, a, a, at reviewing policy. We always want to make sure. That's why Parliament exists to make sure par- that laws reflect the mood and the intent of of the community. But we also now more and more often look at those other nations and see what they're doing to ensure Mm -hmm. that uh, we have the world's best practice.
1: Well, you don't need to hand out ballot forms, mate. I can give you the tip right now. People like to feel safe. The people like to feel secure within their own state, particularly obviously in the city uh, being an obvious uh, potential for an attack. Uh, David Elliott, New South Wales Minister for Counterterrorism. I thank you very much for joining me this afternoon to have a bit of a chat about this. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's although it is sad that we see um, a plot to attack our citizens, it's great to see that you guys have foiled it.
5: Thanks, Merrick. It's always a pleasure to come on. Triple Cheers. M. Thank you very Cheers. much,
1: mate. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a little bit more to the side. Merrickville, man. Triple M. Oh, very professional. Yes, Merrickville here <laughs> at Triple M. Sorry about that. I was also too I was concentrating because I've got quite a, a sad moment today in Australian footy history for well, you know, depending on what you call footy, but soccer, uh specifically
3: No, I think Miz, I think you did the right thing there in honor of Les. We should call it football because that's how yeah, he used to call it yeah.
1: Um You know, he was the Australian football icon at SBS Absolutely. commentator Les Murray died today at age of seventy one after a long illness. And his voice, no matter whether or not you follow the game or not, is synonymous in this country mm. with the game of soccer.
3: Yeah, it's, a, it's like when people ask you to think about cycling, you hear the voice of Phil Liggett in your head. And when you ask think about soccer, football in Australia, you hear the voice of Les
1: Murray. When I think of cycling, I think of me saying to somebody, why do you wear those shorts? You look <laughs> weird. Don't sit down at a cafe wearing them. That's what I think. Les Murray began work for SBS in 1980 as a Hungarian subtitle writer. Mm. Isn't that incredible? Before he moved on to football coverage, uh, did the uh, 1986 World Cup. He's done so much for Australian sport in general, and he will be missed and loved for many, many years to come by and his, he and his following. And
3: his good mate Johnny Warren as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they really did pioneer the sport in Australia. And, and where it's at now is a big credit to those two as well There's, with the A-League and the success of
1: it. There is no doubt that anybody could argue this. You can't say that the sport would be in such good health without the support of Les Murray.
3: Yeah. Do you remember, and you know you've also, you know you've had a real impact when you're immortalised in song. Do you remember the band Vaudeville Smash? I think they're still gigging around. They're a Melbourne no, what band. About
1: Tism? No, Tism. You're thinking of Tism. What Nationality is Les Murray? He's Hungarian. Hey? He's Hungarian. Yeah, no, the song is called What Nationality is Les Murray by Tism.
3: Yeah, but there's... Oh, okay, he's been immortalised in two songs that I didn't realise. Yeah, Tism was a big... That was a big song. Well, this was the one, the the Zinedine Zidane song, which he provided lyrics for.
2: Lionel Messi,
4: Gareth Bale-Cure, Nedved Maldini, Aguero Raul, Pacal Frank Ribery. Cahill Company but
1: the strongest of them all.
4: It's
1: just Eurovision all over, isn't it? It's <laughs> very Eurovision. It'll be missed by everybody, no matter what kind of footy you love or represent. Uh, he certainly contributed to, uh, to soccer, football in this nation. And here's a little tribute that Triple M's made for Les Murray. Sad passing, age 71.
0: Sport has lost one of its greats. He was the voice of football or soccer. And Les Murray has passed away at the age of 71. What nationality is Les Murray? I pretend I'm Hungarian. You realize how hard it is to keep up this accent? Can you blame it? Cristiano Ronaldo. Wayne Rooney, better. Les Murray didn't just call the World Game.
4: Maradona was twice busted for drugs, and I have since learned how to pronounce his name properly.
0: He coined the phrase. For now, from the World Game. Goodbye. Triple M remembers Les Murray. Thank you for visiting Merrickville, and be a Merrickvillian. Uh, Merrickvillite. Merrickvillaman join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9 Triple M Get your Xperia XZ Premium smartphone from Sony today on plan or outright from Telstra, Vodafone, Virgin Mobile, Optus, JB Hi-Fi and Sony with world-first smartphone technology like super slow-motion video playback and 4K HDR screen that delivers lifelike colour and definition. A camera so advanced, it captures images the human eye can't see. For details and T's and C's, visit sonymobile.com forward slash au. Merrickville 104.9 Triple
4: M